Welcome to an HBO podcast from the HBO Late Night series, Real Time with Bill Maher. Okay, here we are in overtime. Uh, let's see. Oh, must have done good tonight. Uh, Louis, do you have any suggestions for keeping a family together in this era of hyper-partisan politics? Well, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of bridge the divide. You're a Midwestern boy, but you're yeah. a city slicker now. I think, you know, like I visit home, I go back to Minnesota eight to ten times a year, which is a lot, but I work a lot there. But I always see my brothers and sisters all the time. And even the time, even the times when you don't have time, you got to check in. And I think it's about checking in and keeping people part of your and life. keep talking, right? I mean, yeah. not, not keep, cut people off. That, keep I mean, talking. And yeah. even if you're mad at them or they're mad at you, don't let them run away from you and don't let them hide. Okay. Uh, Geraldo, after all the work you did exposing mental institutions like Willowbrook, what do you really think about Trump declaring we need to reopen these institutions? Well, I think that there, as Governor Spitzer knows, there's a, there's a confusion in the public mind between people who are mentally ill, which includes schizophrenia, post-traumatic stress, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, bipolar. That's different from my area, which is the developmentally disabled, mentally, they used to call them mentally retarded, uh, Down yeah. syndrome, autistic, uh, people who were warehoused in institutions, not right. asylums, but there were warehouses that existed. People forget. Over 5,000 people... The Kennedys put their... And, and lobotomy and all the rest yeah. of it. It was it just horrible, horrible treatment of people. One has kind of normal IQ and then something off, and those are the people who, like running down the street uh, with, with guns or with things that look like guns. And then the, the developmentally disabled are people whose IQs are below normal, who, who you want to have as most humane living environment as possible. They're gentle people. Uh, they are uh, obviously very needy, uh, but they can be, you know, uh, uh, get vocational training, they can evolve, they can live longer rather than being in institutions where 60 of them so were that, jammed in a room naked, smeared with their own feces, uh, unattended, uh, one attendant for 60 people. So I lost one more Trump thing then. When he did that thing... It was terrible. Okay. It was terrible. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't help uh, yeah, I couldn't help. Uh, Max, <laughs> do you believe that the U.S. has learned from our experience in Vietnam? Terrific book, by the way. Great Thank you. book, great writer. I recommend it highly. Uh, do you believe that the U.S. has learned from our experience in Vietnam or that we are continuing to make many of the same mistakes? Obviously not in Vietnam, but I assume this person means somewhere else. Uh, unfortunately, I think we continue to make a lot of the same mistakes, and this is a frustration for me as a historian. You can study the history, you can draw the lessons, but getting people to actually internalize them and act upon them is something else. And for example, today across the Middle East, when we're fighting the war on terrorism, I think there's a tendency to think, especially on the part of the president, that American bombs and bullets will win the day. And there was a similar tendency in Vietnam to think we could bomb the Viet Cong into submission. Uh, General West William Westmoreland thought we could kill the Viet Cong faster than they could be replaced. And the guy that I wrote about, Edward Lansdale, said, no, this is never going to work right. out. The only way to win is to have a viable in-state, a government in set in South Vietnam that the people can actually support. And today, we're not really focused on creating governments that people can support across the Middle East. We're just focused on bombing and then leaving, and that's not going to be a successful long-term strategy. Yeah, I know he talks about ISIS being annihilated, but they may be annihilated in Syria, but they're just going to take their talents to... 
South Beach. Well, and <laughs> that's, what, that's what I was... <laughs> right. and but, I mean, in their case, right. Libya or Somalia... Yeah. No, that's what no, I was I mean, invoking. Remember no, what, I could not. I couldn't I mean, remember what happened with al-Qaeda in Iraq. <laughs> al-Qaeda in Iraq, which was the predecessor of ISIS, was annihilated by 2011. Then President Obama pulled our troops out of Iraq, a decision I opposed. As a result of that, he created breathing space for... ISIS to arise and to take this vast caliphate across Syria and Iraq. And my concern is that Trump today is going to repeat that very same mistake that he and other Republicans were criticizing not so long ago. Do you think... Isn't it also true, if I might say, that we always look at our model as the model for other countries and we have no idea who all these tribal things and all this history... And I, I think we always try to get these people to do things our way and they don't have what we have to do that. They define freedom differently. I mean, yeah. that was George Bush's big mistake. He was like, everybody loves freedom. We also but... forget that it's all about religion in the Middle East. We don't understand that the right. Shiites are different than the Sunnis. We, we changed the order and the Iraq invasion of 03, unsettled the society that had settled. However, maybe unfair, it could be perceived from people in, in a democratic society. Uh, but religion rules in the Middle East. It's been forever, millennium, it'll be forever. And history that happened 600 years ago to them is like yesterday. Yeah. That's yeah. not just the Middle East. That's yeah. a lot of countries. You know, Yugoslavia, when that place fell apart. Yeah, you got to have on-the-ground understanding, like the guy that I wrote about, Ed Lansdale, who spent years in the Philippines and Vietnam and really came to understand a society, and he was trying to t talk truth to power uh, to generals who thought they could just bomb their way to victory. But today, I, you know, I see, unfortunately, a similar mindset where, again, there's not... In the White House, you don't see a lot of people who are very worried about the dynamics of tribal society in Iraq or Syria. You know, Trump just wants to throw, you know, bomb, bomb them and, and then think that we're going to win that way. We have the phrase, wag the dog. Other presidents have been accused of starting wars to distract. Do you think Trump is above that? No. I, mean, look, I, I think the whole... There's almost the, nothing that Trump is the, above, I would say. The, the, the move of the Geraldo. Oh, oh, <laughs> uh, I'll hold him. You, you when, you say, him. when you say something like that, what, what you ignore is we get one president at a time. We get one president at a, When he succeeds, the nation succeeds. When he yeah. fails, the nation is failing. I'd and love when to you, see him succeed. Yeah, so would I. When you, when you alienate yourself from the government and say... Nothing they do is worth a shit. Then, then no, the country... But that's not what we're doing. We're not, I, we're, I not, we're not saying we don't want him to succeed. What we're saying is that his absence of fact-based decision-making... Right. And as Geraldo just pointed out... As Bill just pointed out, the decision to move the National Guard to the border, I view as a manifestation of a bad week. He wants to distract. He does something that... Barack Obama did the yes, same thing. No, no, no. But, but not at this moment, not with George this... George Bush did the same no, no, thing. Not not like way. Way. Yeah, there are worse. We, we, all, we all want him to succeed. But this guy won't. But by the way... When was the last I, time you said something nice about I, I, him? Ask me that. Ask show. me that question. Earlier the show. Okay, when was the last time? When, when he made the... Uh, when Kim Jong-un said, uh, let's meet, and Trump said, great, let's meet. And all the liberals said, that's crazy. Great. And I said, no, you know what? These oh, two that's... guys probably are the two <laughs> craziest people in the world. They might understand. <laughs> and, I also supported... I Laura Ingram also. also supported moving the capital to Jerusalem. And, and... So... Uh, believe me, I am perfectly capable of, of okay, agreeing okay, you with know what he does something. Another one that's important, the tariffs. You know what? Democrats should stand up and say, you know what? It's time we stood up against China. We should do it as a global coalition, not in, as one-off deals. Somebody had to stand up. China was gaming the system. Wait yeah. a second. I don't think Democrats ought to be supporting Trump's 
trying to start a trade war with China. No, no. This is not going to work out. But we well. need to stand up to China on trade. Yeah, it's but about not, time we did not right. this way. Not this blunderbuss approach. Not this way. But we need to stand up. It's about time somebody said. All right, Elliot. What do you think of Republicans deregulating the banks and some Democrats deregulating the banks? Well, here's the thing. I'll say it's been so many years since we had a financial crisis. Don't we want one? It is the single ten years. It's been the single most moronic policy move I've seen since moving the National Guard to the border. It is, I mean, this is, <laughs> the, the, the fact that 10 years after the crisis, we want to go back and recreate the very predicate to the crisis of 08 just makes no sense. Banks are lending, they're lending enough, the economy is booming. Why go back to minimizing and limiting the amount of capital they need? It's insane, simply insane. But it's also... I completely agree with you. One of my happiest moments in Washington, D.C., they are few, was when I worked on the Wall Street reform bill, sat there at the bill signing, saw us really try to turn the page from a time when the Wall Street and the banks wrote all of the rules. And the fact is, they still are the biggest donor to Democrats and Republicans in the financial sector. And seeing that list of Democrats that Elizabeth Warren had the guts to call out that list of Democrats who were just saying, you know what, let's deregulate again, let's go ahead and join with the right. Republican caucus. This is why the Democratic Party is not as popular as it needs to be with working and middle class people of all races. All right. Thank you very much, everybody. Thank you, panel. We did it again. All new episodes of Real Time with Bill Maher every Friday night at 10. Or watch him anytime on HBO On Demand. For more information, log on to HBO.com.